0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Twice Removed. Um, I'm Natalie. I'm a genealogist called uh, who runs blah, 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 words. Words just failed me there. Sorry. <laughs> a genealogist who runs a business called Genealogy Stories. I was trying to avoid saying genealogy twice and totally failed there. Um, and a um, a club called the Curious Descendants Club. And um, I'm joined here by a fantastic genealogist, um, Emma Jolly. Hi, Emma. Lovely to have you here. Hi, Natalie. Hi there, How are you this evening? I'm good, thank
1: you. Looking forward to saying genealogy lots of times, I'm
0: sure. <laughs> I know. I bet if it did, it'd be awful to do a tally at the end. It'd be huge. that's like they feel like there should be more words for genealogy other than just genealogy or family histories. So they, they don't even quite mean the same thing. No, they don't do they? mean the same thing. Like, it's no. very hard to kind of keep your your text flowing and interesting when there's so such a limited vocabulary. <laughs> anyway, random. Um, So Emma. Can you tell me, how did you um, discover family history? How did you get interested in family history? Uh, okay, so to
1: link this to my um, um, black country links and the, the theme of today. So because I had there were a few different things. But um, I was brought up um, with my grandparents. So I lived with my maternal grandparents who were from the black country. And um, you know, I spent lots and lots of time with them and so they would be telling me their stories and all about their childhood and just just little things so it's you know I'd come back from school or I'd go to the dentist and they'd tell me about their dentist experiences which were horrific they hated all dentists <laughs> so they didn't have any their and teeth um and um, and you know they would just mention things about um people committing suicide in canals and you know we'd be watching television something would happen on to some characters on the tv and then they'd be they'd tell me stories and yeah, so I was always trying to work out what was going on. So I used to get my little exercise books and bits of paper and try and draw the family trees. And so grandpa was quite cooperative with this and he would join it, you know, he would tell me the, the names. And so I'd write it all down. And he, he was quite easy going and relaxed. Um, but my grandma, there'd been some issues in her family. And so I'd say, what was your mum called? She said, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what was your dad but she liked her dad um, so she would talk about him But um, and then I would say what were all your brothers and sisters called and she said oh, I don't know I don't know what they're called and then um, and she, there, w- there would be some of them that she would mention and and um, she had a brother who was famous um, he was called Harry Harrison um, so when he died the local newspaper described him as the bard of the black country he was a stand-up comedian and um a writer and a dialect poet he wrote um, um poems in the black country dialect okay and so he had some in in the house so it's a couple of his books and then um, there were grandpas and um I used to look at them and I couldn't understand them at all I had no idea what what they were saying so that was something that um I've I've become more interested in that now you know because when I was a child it was just incomprehensible and then um, the way grandpa spoke he had quite a strong accent um, compared with grandma's so but grandpa died when i was 10 so i just had those few years um with him but um grandma because grandma was so mysterious about some of her relatives and uh, um, it did um it did raise my interest and curiosity and sort of what yeah was.
0: i bet that would they would definitely pique your interest there's almost the more you say no i'm not going to tell you the more interested you are yeah exactly <laughs> I quite often joke with my daughter because she's uh, she's only eight, but she's started already showing quite an interest in family history, and uh, she loves history generally. And um, I quite often said to her, "I'm going to delete everything before you're an adult, so you have to go out and rediscover it all your." That would be very mean because there's always
1: so much to do. You know, like I, would, the, the, I wouldn't really do. It. Never finished. There's always <laughs> another layer to add to it. There's always someone. So, so grandma. I mean, it, it turned out that she had. She was one of ten. And so she'd mentioned some of the siblings. There was um, her sister called May who'd moved to Scotland to Dumfries and Galloway. And then um, she used to mention her, like she was the one who was closest in age. And then she'd mention her sister, Dorothy, and she said that they used to share a bed. My sister, May, my sister, Dorothy. And then um, she took this um, brother, Harry Harrison. So Harry's actually got a blue plaque. It's not, a, it's not an English heritage plaque. It's um, one that um, the local organisation did. And it's on the side of the community centre in Tipton. in the black country because um it was supposed to be on the house the house where they lived where they grew up but it's all been knocked down like um i actually went on a trip in the um to the black country a few years ago and i'd written down all the names of the streets and i'd plotted it all on a map and i'd gone and nothing was there nothing it was awful and um even the the churches because i'd um gone back you know back to the 18th century on on some of the lines and then um, the churches that are there were not the churches that my ancestors were married and baptized in so yeah, so you've got to check that on Gen- genuki is the
0: best one for that if you want to check yeah it's a great site and how do you is how do you feel when you when you go to a place and the history is gone or it's not it's not there it's all been modernized or even if it's like a later period than when your ancestors were there do you find that affects how much you connect to it or do you think okay that... so I've at least a leaflet <laughs> that I prepared earlier. So, this is the uh, oh, the
1: the things right. So, All this right. is the Black Country Living Museum, right? And this is if you have ancestors from the Black Country, you are blessed because, um, this is where you will get an idea of what your ancestors' lives were, were actually like. And so, I went there with my mum. And then, um, you know, she was walking around and said, oh, it was like this, I remember this, I remember this. And, and then, and you know, the schoolroom is more like the schoolrooms that my um, grandparents were in. And, you know, the, the shops are like the shop. My um, family had shops in the Black Country in Tipton. So um, it was really nice to see shops. And they have all these shops. They've literally recreated buildings They're the buildings that were in parts of the Black Country, and they've rebuilt them brick by brick within the Living Museum so yeah that's where you've got to go but it's it's yeah you're really lucky because i think there's beamish in the northeast another living museum but there aren't very many and the black museum is fantastic and they all just do such great work and um there's loads of um academics who are working with them now and they they sponsor these academics to look at things like brick making which is um, one of my ancestors one of my great great grandmothers aunt edwards she was a brick maker and it's um you know it's very exciting that they're exploring these lives and the techniques and the skills because it's um it's an area of um skill you know it's an area of industry and the skills that our ancestors had were amazing and it's um so many of our ancestors from that area because they were so poor they weren't really respected and so you know people sometimes say oh they only want to have rich ancestors or famous ancestors or something and it's um and it's really um it's sort of kind of offensive to our ancestors. It's really, you know, disrespectful to them, that they had all these skills, and they could do these amazing things. And, um, you know, it's, I think it's um, a responsibility really to find out what they could do, and how they lived.
0: No, I completely agree, actually. I think that's a really good point. I mean, I quite often think of the stamina that my poorer ancestors had, just that just that will to survive and to get up and to do something that was a drudgery day in, day out with very little creature comforts when you got home. Um, But I hadn't thought about it that way. And I, I, you know, and I have, you know, like you, I have brickmakers and then I have basket weavers and they quite often they are um, trades and traditions that are being forgotten. but yeah, no. I think I went to the Black Country Museum when I was a kid. Am I? Yeah. Thinking, is it near the Ironbridge? Is it attached? To the Iron um, am I muddling up? No, no, that's
1: different. So Ironbridge is in Shropshire. Okay. And the Black yeah. Country Museum is Dudley in, in
0: the back. Yeah. Country. See, I think we did a try. I think why I get confused over this, and I'll be, I will get you to clarify exactly where the Black Country is, because I think one of the reasons I get confused by this is I think my grandparents took us on a trip where we travelled up the country or across the country and went to different museums, and one of the things that I think we did was the Black Country Museum. I think is do you get pennies? You go in and get old money. So. Possibly, like, <laughs> it's really there. good. I'm sure it's really good. And actually, Sue Adams, who's clearly been there much more recently than my distant. Ah, oh, right, so okay. Black Country Museum is fabulous. Tip: follow the kids' parties around to get a full flavour from excellent guys. That's a really great tip. Yeah, great tip. Yeah, it sounds a great really tip. Um, okay, so. Uh, God. Yeah. Excite so
1: you were asking me. Yeah, you're asking me where the Black Country is. So I've just yeah. got like an official definition up here. Um. So. It's the area where the thirty-foot coal seam comes to the surface. Okay. So it includes West Bromwich, Oldbury, Blackheath, Cradley Heath, Old he- Hill, Bilston. Includes Cosley, which is where my family from. Dudley, Tipton, oh my God, where my grandma's from. Wen- Wensfield, um, Hales are uh, parts of Halesowen, Wensbury, Walsall. And this is saying not Wolverhampton. I would say it is Wolverhampton. Okay, <laughs> so yeah. saying it. and it's saying um it's not Stourbridge. bridge i think i'd probably agree with that although it's on the edge so and then it's saying not Smethwick. and so my great-grandfather he was from Smethwick. so i would say that's it's one of the it's a bit of a controversial one about where the <laughs> water exactly is the one thing it definitely isn't is birmingham okay so that's something that people do get confused about because they think oh the accent's similar it's not the same yeah. it's it's similar okay. but that was saying um because peaky blinders they film a lot of peaky blinders in the black country living museum and in the first series of peaky blinders because it's peaky blinders is set or, or where the family are based is Birmingham and um but they had some black country characters and the actors that they had were not um specialists in the accent and so and people picked up on it and so for the next series they said look, we want some proper black country people to come so we have the authentic accents and so from that point on Peaky Blinders has been really good for having you know um black okay. country accents and black country well, that's, a,
0: that's a great tip for anyone with black country answers especially if they're not in the uk and they want to hear what the accent's like is to go and watch um some of the later see if you can google the characters and find out which ones are from yeah, the black you should,
1: put a little bit of a warning on peaky blinders it's definitely something to watch Later in the evening, it's not yeah,
0: it's every adult. Yeah. I'm Stress. I don't want anyone taking the five-year-olds. The five-year-olds go to the Black Country Living Museum. That's a safer. <laughs> That's a safer option. <laughs> I'll make sure I put a warning on the blog post. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. My her, My cousin's obviously watching this, and she's just popped in to, to say to me because my cousin's slightly older than me as well. So just go to show. Check with your family members. Yeah, about about yeah. your memories, because my yeah. cousin's very kindly just said to me, we went to the Ironbridge Living Museum. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's where my memory has got um, muddled which is appropriate I've been emailing everyone all week about um misremembering in my, <laughs> my yeah no it's it's really example. important
1: and, and that's the thing with um when you're talking to living relatives like grandparents it's um you know what one family member remembers is not the same as another one and and a representation of um um some of their family might not be the same you know like they might yeah. like one mem- member of the family and um, you know, that doesn't mean to say that person was, um, uh, in, you know, perfect. And the same when people don't like them, they're not 100% bad.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's really true. Very true. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So um, have you got any favourite ancestors?
1: Um, my black country ones? I mean, I, I really like the, um, my female line. So it's it's my mum's, family that come from the black country and I did um do you know those color charts where you you put um some people do it by country some people do it by county Uh, one of those excel sheets showing uh, things and so all of her great-grandparents are from Stafford were born in Staffordshire her grandparents were born in Staffordshire her parents were born in Staffordshire she was born in Staffordshire and then um the great-great-grandparents there's um Warwickshire Worcestershire which are right next to um the, the area and then um there's a couple of um wild cards as one who was in ipswich but she, she, that it was an aberration because they were they were from shropshire and then um there was one from wales but apart from that they were all from staffordshire and on, on so on the female line mother of the mother of the mother so i've gone back to my fifth great grandmother um end of the um 18th century and um she was called elizabeth holmes she died and was buried in sedgley and um on that line everyone apart from me were born within a two mile radius so yeah so we right back there and i i did actually live in the black country once i lived there when i was a baby for four months so <laughs> that was and that was within that two-mile radius. so I'm, I'm very interested on the female line and everything that's on well. my great grandmother who my grandmother didn't like at all um and she ran a shop and so in um bloomfield road in tipton and people do tend to remember her because I, I met some. When I meet people, I say, Oh, do you know my great uncle who's got the blue plaque? And then they'll say, something, Oh, I didn't know him, but I knew his mother, and you know, because she had the shop, so she was kind of well known. And she was a very, um, very hard woman, very financially focused. My, my grandma was saying, but I, th- I think that's because she grew up in such poverty like, really, really extreme poverty and she had 10 children and three. Uh, well four of them died young but three the little girls um all died when they were uh, little babies and that was i know it's really it's really hard and and that's when they lived and that's when they were so poor and her husband um he had um rheumatoid arthritis and so she couldn't um he he became an invalid so she had to take everything on and so she took on the shop and she ran the shop and um, then but she was very very tough and then She's quite an interesting character. I wouldn't say she was my favorite because I know that she was she was hard. You know, she would hit the children, and she would she was tough. But she's um, her toughness is quite interesting. And yeah. and um, and then also on that line, my fourth great grandmother Violetta. She died in 1832 when there was a cholera outbreak. So I haven't been able to prove that she died of cholera, but she died in an area which had cholera at that particular time. And she was 23 when she died, and she has so many descendants alive today which I think is amazing you know she only lived for those 23 years and yet I mean in terms of the mitochondrial DNA which goes down that um, maternal line so I have that in me you know so she, she that part of her is still alive in me and in my mum and my sister so um
0: yeah that is- it's really interesting no, it is incredible. And sometimes when you find these ancestors where their spouses um, or their parents did die very, very young, especially when they then later remarry and have other children, and you think, I'm from that first person that, it, that, that was there for, like, I don't know, the flutter of an eyelash, wouldn't they? The, the like, kind of a blink in time. And yeah. Yeah, that had such a big impact because if they hadn't existed and yeah. have lived just about long enough to have children, I wouldn't be here or yeah. I'd be different. You know, yeah, it it does kind of... In some ways, it's kind of hard to get your head around it. Sort of gets you, gets you thinking about lots of philosophical things. I think. So, mm-hmm. so your ancestor was a shopkeeper in um, the Black Country, but traditionally, what sort of industries and um, occupations are associated with the Black Country?
1: Okay, so brickmaking definitely is. That there was uh, there were lots of um, brickmaking going on um, right back to about fifteen hundred um, in in that area. Um, and that was something that women did as well, not just okay. men. So um, i trying to think of the other, um, and there's chain making. And again, women did that. There were women in the mines. I mean, there was, so there were mines in the area, but there weren't in the more recent years, you don't tend to find women in the mines so that much, but, um, um, coal mining. Um, so my great grandfather, oh, I've got a picture of my grandfather home. Huh? It he is, um, so he handily he's, he's on my book, so I can promote my book and my great book at the same nice. time. Uh oh so I'm having trouble with the there he is, can Very you see him? Yes, there
0: he is. Oh lovely, yeah. lovely task. So,
1: yeah, exactly. So he's called Edward, and he was he worked in Baggaridge Colliery. Um so he lived in Coesley, and that was not far away. Um so he and he used to do magic tricks and then... Um, Entertain me, yeah. So, so that's the thing when you were saying about they had this life of drudgery, it's that there, there were other things going on. And my grandma was a singer and um, amateur actress, so and then um, she took part in all kinds of musical activities. And her father was um, a pianist, a musician, and well, a church organist, and then. Um, you know the church activities they did loads of church activities my grandma was in the mother's union later but even earlier took part in like teas and fates and um there's a sunday school and all the other events so they often had a rich cultural
0: life you know outside of if you think even of what you could do even even if you just went to your local pub down the corner they, no. they aren't like pubs now you would have had quoits and skittles and um, yeah card games and all sorts going yeah. on and, and organized activities and um yeah i i agree i agree i think underneath there was a um a kind of rich kind of entertainment industry in lots of different forms yeah and so
1: um yeah so sorry there were coal mines i mean one of my ancestors um uh which one was it henry edwards Henry Edwards, yeah, he died in a coal mine, um, you know, so health and safety wasn't the strong point of the area, <laughs> that's that's an understatement, I mean, you know, the, the death certificates and newspaper accounts, um, you know, for, for inquests and things were absolutely horrific, you know, some of the way that people died, I mean, um, a lot of my ancestors, actually the male ancestors, were um, iron puddlers, so they worked in the iron industry, so literally like stirring these vats of Hot. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's hot, top, top, top work.
0: Um, Louise here just says um that her Louise. black country folk were or were or yes. are very, very no nonsense people. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's how it is. That it's
1: it's so it's very straight talking, very unpretentious, and also with a fantastic sense of humour. So I was okay. saying, that my great uncle was a stand up comedian, but I mean, everyone's funny. Everyone, it's just constant jokes. Like uh, everyone I know from the black country is just really, you know, it's just always joking and that's the thing that like, you growing up with my grandparents it was just every, you just laughed at everything and so sometimes I meet people who have no sense of humor and it, it's just I don't know what to do that <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm just constantly making little jokes you know because that's what I was brought up with
0: Louise agrees yeah. <laughs> a big shout out from the black country people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of humor would you describe it as is it kind of a like dry, dry dry <laughs> best <laughs> absolutely okay so um, so you talked about your favourite ancestor do you have and I know when I think of the black country I tend to think of the 19th century because of that industrialisation but do you have a favourite time period and if so why <laughs> um, I really like
1: the um, early 20th century actually probably I mean, the sort of between the wars period is really interesting probably, yeah from the first world war to the Second World War. And, and there were lots of changes in the Black Country then. I mean, my grandpa, sometimes he worked in the steelworks when other times he um, did building and he, he ran his building firm and he actually built his own house. So the house my mum grew up in, he he built that, which is amazing. Um, and that there was a big boom um, in the Black Country in, in the 1930s with um, housing. So that would have been an interesting time. And they did all sorts of things. Grandpa would play cricket and they used to... Um, go all over the place to all that have these cricket matches. know really lovely cricket um, pitches in all sorts of places. Place I think it's called Himley Hall, which is not far from Dudley. Okay. I don't remember that name. And that seems so that's or, or, I saw that that seemed like a lovely place to go.
0: Okay. Yeah, I yeah, I it's it's always really interesting to hear um, uh, why why people like certain time periods and and um, more than others. But do you find because it's quite challenging, or it can be quite challenging in between wars because of the? Or oh, hopefully, get the 1921 census very soon. But mm. you have that gap between 1911 census and then the 1939 National Register, and obviously the 1939 National Register has names and dates of births and addresses and occupations, which is fantastic. But uh, but not necessarily it doesn't necessarily say the connection between people and some records are obviously still close. So do you think it's the challenge of that period that makes you, um, enjoy it or do you enjoy it despite the challenging elements of it?
1: Um, I probably enjoy it despite the challenges. And, and I mean, there's, um, that period is still just about accessible with, um, living relatives who are living right now. You know, so, um, my grandparents, um, they would be over 110 now so you know, that they're, they're not alive but I, I have their memories and I did used to interview my grandma my grandma was nearly 97 when she died so um so she was around for a long time and then um, I used to interview her but I used to write things down and then later on I, I recorded her so I have her voice and things but um that so um that uh, living relatives are very useful but some of the things that she used to say w- was a bit confused and it Took me time to unravel it, and then, but you can do it. I mean, there are. It's you probably need to go to local archives though, um, to do some of the work. Um, you know, things like um, I've just said my grandma was involved with the church, and so things like church magazines and Sunday school guides and parish uh, parish magazines and. um and and things from the leisure activities um so um programs theater programs and um from the different groups that they were in sport groups so they're the cricket um groups and the football teams and you know the amateur teams that um they would participate in so sometimes programs and um guides or team sheets or things they can find their way into the local archives and then that can be interesting to explore from that period i mean there's electoral registers that should be accessible from that time and then also newspapers, and there's more um, coming onto the uh, British newspaper archive all the time. So that's always, you know, every week there's something that you could maybe look through.
0: Yeah, I think but, anyone who's watched twice from me will know that the newspapers is my absolute favourite resource of all time. <laughs> but, but
1: particularly for that period, the 1920s, yeah. 30s, they are really good for that time. And that um, they tend to be good for um, the court cases and the inquests and things, they'll tend to be detailed. and and quote people it seems to be um, verbatim um, or, or at least as, as well as they copied at the time but um, so you, you do get quite a detailed insight into the way people spoke and details on things like what they wore and um, how they lived and where they lived and, they, and again think you know places like the Black Country Living Museum are pretty good on the early 20th century as well in terms of the detail and yeah. the, the items that they have in the house and things so they, they take time to research that properly so
0: I think it's always worth checking the uh, British Library oral history collection as well, because they do have a database of accents and interviews yeah. with people from different regions. So even though you might not find it obviously your own ancestor, you might find, um, sorry, my light's just gone off. That's why I was thrown slightly. Um, you might find, um, you know, a recording from somebody who's from the same area and therefore they've got the same accent and perhaps they'll be going down the same roads and it starts to starts to give you a bit more of a, a view of what their what their life would be like. Just bear with me, whilst I just try and fix my light, which has gone out. I mean, another
1: thing would be um, uh, autobiographies and memoirs. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. So, you know, in some cases, famous people, some cases not. But, I mean, um, and when I say famous, it's, you know, famous-ish for for the time and the area. So it might not be people who we think are celebrities, but um, but there'll be people that certainly the local archives will know about. And, you know, you can just sort of say, have you got a a biography or, or memoir of someone who was in the 1920s in Tipton and then yeah and then um, then you can look through that and you can see sometimes the names that are revealed in those sort of documents are, are amazing and you can well find your ancestor but they won't necessarily be indexed and so you know you're going to have to search quite hard
0: yeah yeah no no I think I think you're com- well I know you're completely right and um, it is about putting in that extra extra effort and I think it it then it therefore helps if you have a particular interest in that time period because it, yeah. it kind of spurs you on through the difficult the difficult times um so i was gonna just ask you another question about black country but before i do brian has just uh, just noticed brian's comment in the beginning where he says does emma have a suffolk connections because jolly was the maiden name of my great grandmother and um It'd be so amazing if there was a choice from your cousin connection made life <laughs> so i thought i'd flash it up on screen <laughs> well with
1: the the jolly surname it's a nickname okay so it means that our ancestors were um cheerful happy Aww. people yeah no, it's nice but um and there tend to be enclaves of jollies so there is an enclave in suffolk there's an enclave in cornwall lancashire um and then Scotland, Kincardineshire Aberdeenshire, part of Scotland, and my jollies are from the Kincardineshire Aberdeenshire, part of Scotland, not Suffolk. I'm afraid. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> ah, it'll happen one day. <laughs> There'll be a live connection. Um. So, um. So, do you think you look at just thinking about the the events? You know, 1900, the Second World War. Do you think you look at events differently when you find a connection to your own family within that within that event, or you? you find your own ancestor in that event?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, um, um, war, you know, when I research war, it's it's, it's something that I research through individual stories. And then um, certainly my black country connections to both wars, actually, um, do make me look at it in a, a perhaps a, a, a different way from how I would previously, And my, um, my great grandfather couldn't serve in the war because I think he was just a little bit too old, but also he had um rheumatoid arthritis, he wouldn't have been able to. And um but he had um two brothers um two full brothers and then his his father had died and then his mother had remarried and so he had other siblings um with there and um one of his full brothers died and then so they were just the two. That one then went the other one went to war and came back from war and then in 1920 died of TB, which is awful. And then, but I, you know, I wonder with it, whether whether his lungs were weakened perhaps in some way. So that's something to explore further. And then, but then we're with his, um, his half brother, he had a half brother who was a lot younger and he went to war and he was killed and there was no body. And there's a um, memorial to him and I've been to see that. But um, that, you know, just think about that and the, the length of time in which they, they wouldn't have known whether he was alive or dead. I mean, even, he would have been missing, but it's, they wouldn't have known then to, to not have a body all and all there is is a memorial, but it's far away. That must yeah, be it's horrendous. incredibly,
0: incredibly hard. I know my great, uh, so my. Great grandfather on my mother's mother's side um, died, you know, in his early thirties in World War Two. And um, my great grandmother, my mum always says to me that my great grandmother, every year, used to have flowers arranged to mm. uh, be put on his grave in Tunisia. And um, she found it very difficult when some of the bodies from the Falklands War were, yeah. were repatriated back home. It made her really angry. But it was, yeah. a, jealous, it was a jealousy because mm. she she envied them that having that place, I guess. Yeah. Um, and um, years and years later when she was in her 80s she went back to Tunisia to revisit his grave and there were no flowers there yeah they did they did like a family trip so i was a child i was very young so i didn't go but my but my mom and her sister and um and their cousins all went and there's some video footage that's survived from like um early video camera days in (laughs) in like the early 90s so um so yeah she did in her 80s she took a pilgrimage out there Oh, yeah. um, and actually got to see his grave in person and they arrived and there were no flowers there so all this time she'd been sending these fla- money for flowers to be put yeah. on were none had been being put on but this very kindly caretaker in the church came over and rushed over and got a load of flowers for her to put down so I've funnily enough we rediscovered the video recently on an old video cam and I watched it and it really made me cry it was just really oh. really, it was really really poignant and you could see all the emotion on her face and I mean yeah. he died when she was in her 30s and she was in her 80s and she'd never stop talking about him so oh, no, I, do think, I do think I do think that personal connection yeah mm. makes a really really big difference and sometimes yeah. even when you when you didn't know somebody and you find an ancestor that was involved in, a, in, in an event you know like whether that's you know the first world war or uh, like you say a cholera epidemic it does make you look at it on a much more personal level I think mm. um, yeah. But you, yeah. you can
1: see the effects are so not just in terms of the person who died, but the effects on all of the family who were left behind. And then um, mm-hmm. thinking of that great grandfather again, I mean, he just—it's like, just death after death in, in his family. And um, and he, he had um, well, he had many cousins. Though you know, they're big families, so there are many cousins. But um, two of his cousins were um, footballers. So one of them played for England, and well, he was famous and very famous. Um, he was called Joe Smith, and then his brother Phil. Who's actually responsible for the um, introduction of transfer deadline day? If you know about football, <laughs> but this, is, this is a true fact. So Rick Landfield, the Chelsea historian, then told me about that because um, um, Phil played for Chelsea briefly. But um, Phil was killed in the First World War. So both Phil and Joe were in the war, but um, yeah, Phil was killed. So I mean, just um, my great grandfather—just like death after death after death—and just. You know, the, the first of all, war must have just been horrific for families, especially, you know, you think of um, tightly knit um, families yeah. in the black country living in these um, streets, sort of with terraces and living on top of each other and, and working in places like the ironworks and the mines very closely together. And, you know, just every time somebody had a loss in in the war, it would have reverberated
0: yeah of course it would have done and then and then you that's why you have women that were that were really strong and re, were really hardy because they'd had to be they didn't have any choice did they mm. I, guess. Mm. I mean i just anyone watching who's like new to family history i think as as much as you kind of commiserate with the losses and it does make you connect with them just to reassure people you do also get to really celebrate when you find a family that's that's had a success because you know where they're from you know you know mm. you find that ancestor that kind of I don't know escaped from being a general laborer and and got a skilled trade and did a little bit better in life you you really celebrate them because you know where they've come from um and obviously war heroes and all those kind of you know fantastic stories as well so just just in case anyone's new to family history and is watching and going well, oh, i'm not sure i like the sound of all that death <laughs> there's, there's good there's good times too <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. so um have you done a um dna test yet
1: Oh, I've done lots of DNA tests. Yeah, my DNA's out there. I've I've lots and lots of Black Country DNA matches, loads of them, which is nice. It's quite, quite reassuring. Um, my um my paper research has been supported by all my DNA, which is really really nice because there are some um people that I made contact with um on this side. So one who's so I said that my uh, my great grandfather he had, his um, mother had remarried, so she re- remarried a butcher in Coventry. Which I think was kind of like a step up, you know, kind of <laughs> this, um, man with his butcher shop, and um, and I was in touch um, with um, someone on that line. So he's descended from her, Sarah. She's called Sarah Smith. She's called, and um, and but not the but not the um, same great great grandfather. But um, um, he just came up um, recently as a DNA match. I was like, oh yeah,
0: uh, <laughs> we're match. That's cool. And so yeah do you think do you think it's influenced the way you research or um or who you research um
1: in in terms of in oh, terms the DNA tests, really. mm, oh yeah. yeah do you think uh, it makes
0: yeah. you look at lines that you hadn't before or, or oh yeah it, it does
1: when you find something you think oh well, here's this how am i related to this person so you do but yeah, i find i find myself researching down the tree a little bit so yeah. my, my latest match came upon my heritage that was um somebody who um so my great-great-grandmother the, the brick maker she um so her husband had died and then she had all these sons who were minors including um edward who i showed you and some of them moved as part of a scheme where well, was a scheme where um People um, moved from Bilston, which, where she was doing, to Royston in South Yorkshire, near Bar- Barnsley, and then um, oh, West Yorkshire, so, and then um, and they, um, and so she moved, so she lived in the Black Country her whole life, her family from there, and then they went over to Yorkshire, and I've just completely forgotten what your question was, and there's, what was your question?
0: That's okay, I'm glad it's not just me who does that, um, <laughs> well, um, how was your, I forget why I've asked, so don't um, how was your, uh, taking your DNA test influence your research? Right, you right, 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 right. So, yeah. so these, she went there, and
1: her, her sons, but not my great-grandfather, my great-grandfather stayed and and um, so I was quite interested in this, and that she'd gone with this this kind of mining world, and so she was part really part of these mining communities, and um, and it was her father who died in the mine as well. He died in the mining accident, okay. so um, you know it's the um, mining was just part of her world, even though she wasn't personally going down the mine. But um, but I was really interested in what happened in Yorkshire and whether I had. Um, any family members who still lived in those mining areas, because they were the mining areas that were involved with the, the miners' strikes of the um, 1980s. And I just thought, that's interesting It'd be interesting to find those connections. And so somebody yeah, popped up on the DNA match the other day, and I was like, oh, okay. Let's... So I was having a little look at, at, at that part of the family yeah. for that reason.
0: I was on um Facebook the other day and I was scrolling through the videos and um a clip of Sarah Milligan came up, the comedian Sarah Milligan came up and she was telling a um a joke about discovering that Margaret Thatcher invented Mr. Whippy ice cream. Uh, it was part of the study, apparently. She was part of the team that came up with like the, the idea that you could aerate ice cream and and that's Oh, because so she was a chemist.
1: Yeah, apparently. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. okay. And um and she had to tell her father this and her father was from a really they're, they're from a really strong mining community and um and it was a big conversation. Yeah, the conversation, win, <laughs> yeah, and <at> the conversation <laughs> he she said like how do you feel, Dad, that you know, somebody that we just dislike so much or have such opposing political views to has done this thing that is a good thing. Like she right. was using it as an example of <laughs> she was using it as an example of people you don't get on with that, that do good things and right, whatever, right, and right. That in her joke, you know. And um and he said, you can't eat Mr. Whippy ice cream anymore. Um, but listening to it, it immediately made me, and I don't know if you all like this when you hear things like that, it made immediately made, made me want to go, I now want to trace Sarah Milligan's family tree to just mm-hmm. see how far back that mining link goes and just how yeah, yeah. it, it, it yeah, is in her. And actually, did she have yeah. any people that had opposing views and what's in her family tree? It kind of like grabs you, doesn't it? I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, what tips would you give anyone who is interested in perhaps they think they've got black country ancestors or they've just discovered they've got a black country connection um and perhaps they're a little bit too far away to go to the black country museum if you yeah. <laughs> no, they can't go there it
1: doesn't matter definitely the top tips so. yeah, tip, yeah but also they they do have a lot of um youtube videos Okay. So you could you can start watching their YouTube videos that they made a whole load during lockdown and their TikTok is if anyone's on TikTok, their TikTok is um was the most popular in I don't know whether it's in the heritage sector or something, but um yeah, so you have, you have a look at all their social media things. Um and I've got some some books. Oops. some what have we got here? So this, this is a good book, Tracing Your Black Country Ancestors okay. by Michael Pearson.
0: Okay. I'll pop a link on my, on the accompanying blog post at Pen and sword book. You see that?
1: Yeah. That's the crooked house. That's a pub. It's a what, sorry? It's a pub and it's literally crooked. When you stand in front of it, it's like, it's, it's surreal. So yeah, you have to visit the black country and go and visit that pub. Um, and then, um, Oh yeah, I found this the other day. So, so I think you should look up my um, my great uncle's poetry. Obviously, so hey, Harry Harrison. Go and have a look at that. And then there's this woman uh, poet, uh, Liz Berry. Oops. And she's done. Um, she also writes in the Black Country dialect, and she's a con- she. She writes now. She's an, uh, a current poet, and so she's written uh, this collection called Black Country, and this is brilliant. And if you want to have a little. Taster of um, black country words, and she she has a little glossary underneath. Um, so this is is quite a nice way in, and um, and this is contemporary black country, but it draws on on the past. So this is quite a nice little way of getting used to the language and the dialect. Um, and then this one, this is written by, um, yeah what's it called? Simon Briarcliff. Simon's really good. He's on Twitter, if you're not following him, probably should be following him. He works for the Black Country Living Museum and he wrote this forging head that this is, this is a lovely book with loads of lovely pictures and maps and things. And I would say that you do need to look at maps a lot because um, the changes in administration and the way, um, the way the people at the time referred to areas is very confusing. Because I, I have all these different addresses for my ancestors. And when I tried to plot them on maps, they were all, you know, kind of within a very, very small radius. And I'd be saying to my mum, where is this? And she'd say, that's Coasley. But then there were all these other different names. I mean, there was um, so Sedgley, Bilston, and then there was another area called Sodom, which is, well, um, yeah, where my brickmaker ancestor lived in Sodom. So, yeah. <laughs> OK. But um, it worry, doesn't it? <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was, it was, you know, it, it was scary area. I mean, so, in this is quite a famous, um, quote from, um, because an American consul, um, visited the area in 1862 and he described the area as being black by day and red by night. So, like, literally, in the day, you know, even if there was a blue sky or something, it would be black because of all the soot from all the different furnaces and all the different industries and at night it was red with all the fires red sky and there's actually a fantastic painting which includes the red sky it's a really famous painting but um yeah just investigate black country culture because it is it there is rich and the humor and everything okay
0: Great. Um, Before we wrap up, I just wonder if anyone has any more questions, um, please do pop them in the comments. But I will also make sure that all those resources are on the accompanying blog. But um, before I let you go, if there was anyone, it's probably unlikely, but if there is anyone who sat here who's maybe dabbled in a bit bit of family history and thought, I'm not sure that this is for me, um, you know, I'm very busy. What would you say to somebody who was kind of on the fence about doing their family history?
1: um I'd
0: say um just
1: explore it <laughs> there's, there's so many different avenues to explore so you know if you're thinking oh, I don't want to find something saying just yeah look at some things look at the things that interest you I guess so if you're into sport maybe look at your ancestors and see if they did any sport or if you're interested in travel have a look at that
0: yeah I don't know I think some people think are put off because they think um, it's going to be laborious and um, uh, and it's complicated. And I think actually, once you've got your head around the basics, if you keep kind of plugging away at the basics, it comes quite. Once you've got that that kind of birth, marriage, death census, that kind of stuff, just get started. Mm. Once you've got it clicked, you kind of you're kind of away really. Um, It's, It's a
1: good way of talking to living relatives as well yeah uh, you know, if you if you haven't spoken to like a grandparent or a great uncle or even a parent or a sibling for a while then um, you know, I mean it's a good opportunity and you can check your me- own memories and even just um, researching your own life is quite useful you know researching like especially when the bit before you can remember that it, you know have you got all the details on that have you got all
0: the details of the all the schools you went to and all, all the streets you've lived on so. No, I think that's a really good tip, actually. A really good tip. Um, OK, thanks so much, Emma. Where, where can everyone come and find you? they want to find out a bit more about you. And, and I know you've written lots of books. So,
1: um, Yeah, my website is emmajolly.co.uk. And then um, I'm on Twitter, and I usually respond to, well, yeah, I always respond <laughs> to, to yeah. tweets.
0: So you can come and find me on
1: Twitter if you want to ask me
0: anything. OK, brilliant. Thanks, Emma. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you. And I'll make sure everything is on that accompanying blog post. And now I'll do the awkward bit where I've Lose my mouse and then yeah, find it again. Then hit hit end and it takes like ten twenty seconds to actually end and it's really awkward. So just wait a while. Bye.